Well, I'm excited to jump back into our series this week. Blessed are you. Oswald Chambers says in his devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, he, he, he says this, The Sermon on the Mount is not a set of rules and regulations. It is a picture of the life we will live when the Holy Spirit is having his unhindered way with us. Uh, that's what these qualities are that we're reading about. These blessed passages are these qualities that Jesus launches into the Sermon on the Mount. This is the first part of that. And he's bringing these qualities out of us, these Christ-like qualities. And, and we're in uh, verse 5 this week of Matthew 5, and it says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Uh, this may be the toughest of all the Christ-like character instructions here because this is not natural to live out a lifestyle that you could call meek. What does meek really mean and how do you live out meekness? Well, the big idea today is you turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. Cheek. Matthew 5 is where we get this idea later because Jesus goes a level deeper. So we're going to jump ahead, right, to verse 38 in Matthew 5 where we get this visual of what meekness looks like and provides really the source of our big idea. Verse 38 says, You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Man, I remember being at a leadership conference and the great uh, speaker Zig Ziglar is there and he's in one of his motivational postures. He was classic for kneeling down and giving you a, a deep thought. And, and he said this, there are no traffic jams on the extra mile. You know, and you're just like, it resonates in the auditorium and everybody's like, yeah, right? There's no traffic jams in the extra mile. And what, what is that about? Well, not many of us, if somebody forces us to go a mile, are just going to go, I'll raise my hand. Let's go one more. We're not built that way. This is unnatural. But Jesus wants to challenge the natural. This is when he's jumping into these moments where he's saying, hey, you've been taught a certain way for quite a long time, and I want you to understand the heart of this. I want you to understand the other angles of this teaching. And he's giving this instruction that challenges the way instructions have been passed down to his followers. He's retraining their paradigm, their minds, reshaping them. And there was a different way to look at the commands that they had been obeying and dare I say it was a more powerful way to be meek. I want to say up front something for a number of of you that are participating in the service today. Uh, 
that I want you to be able to receive everything Jesus is teaching here. And I understand that there can be an inhibitor in this talk. And that would be maybe you found yourself being victimized in the past in some way, shape, or form. And you hear meek, you hear turn the other cheek, and you feel maybe like hearing remain a victim. That's not what's being taught here. While God values meekness, he also is the God of justice in scripture. So he's not saying just deal with it at all. In fact, you are being guided into a way of releasing yourself from the feelings of powerlessness and embracing the one who holds all power and justice for the oppressed. It's kind of interesting. God is for you. And God knows the hurts, the trials, the injustices we face. And that's why he wants to bring freedom into our inheritance, into the whole earth. And if we catch the heart of meekness right here, and we begin to live this out, then we will inherit the whole earth, it says. We will once again live in peace and prosperity. Matthew 5, 5 is actually an echo of a psalm. It says in Psalm 37, 11, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. I want peace again in your life. I want us again to be prosperous. What a timely passage. So let's see what we can learn from meekness together. Thought one, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Now, I told you we were going to start rhyming because this it's like quarantine life to a preacher. You're just like throwing up rhymes all over. And, and this was a great one, actually, that Jaden tossed out and we laughed a little bit. And then we were like, wait, that, that makes the most sense because meekness is compatible with great strength. Meekness is compatible with power and authority. Meekness is not weakness. You see, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this in his writings, studies in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, don't be falsely presumptive that meek means someone who is easily imposed on and weak. This is someone who is determined and strong enough to realize the source of their strength is not in their own ability. Their power is not in themselves. It's the most powerful, almighty God where we get our power. For the meek, this, this is not, uh, and ultimately the meekness was a counter training for the people at this time because their mindset was around conquest. And you know, they wanted to conquer, they wanted to take things that they desired. And this is speaking now to inheritance. It's like right but we're not gonna take it. It's a right, but we're not gonna grab it now, right? When you live with such confidence that you are in the hands of the one who's gonna give you the inheritance, you live at peace in his creation. You know it's all, all yours, right? You can live confidently in meekness. You can accept limitations, trials. When I think of modern day example of someone who is, was incredibly influential 
and lived a life that you could just totally attribute this title of meek to. It was Mother Teresa. And there's so many stories about her life, but she dedicated her life to the, the poor, the destitute, the dying in Calcutta. And she motivated over 4,500 people in her lifetime to make the same commitment to poverty and meekness and serving the poor at all conditions that she made. They walked in her footsteps, in her example. She won the Nobel Peace Prize, but that was not her prize. Her prize was the next person she could love, the next smile she could see because she wanted every human to feel valued and she lived meek in order to accomplish that. Now, the antithesis is maybe an evangelical pastor who owns multiple jets and thinks that in order to go from one country to another country and not get in a tube full of demons, as they would say, they choose to fly their own planes and not commercial. Dare they have to sit with normal people. That's not, that's off. And what, what bothers me or contorts my spirit in that is I'm like, man, aren't we supposed to be meek? Not that you can't be blessed or prosperous. The promise is that we'll have peace and prosper. But our spirit in that meekness contains these echoes of insignificance and lowly and maybe even rendered powerlessness. But these people process you know, I, I mean, the, the power in a way of like entitlement, which we'll hit on in a second, and that's off. I would way rather live like Mother Teresa than feel like I'm above it all. Um, the handbook on, uh, on the Gospels of Matthew says, these people possess no power because they do not need it. They rest their entire hope on God instead of trying to overpower others. They serve them. We don't want to overpower people. We want to serve people. That's beautiful. Meekness is not weakness. It takes incredible strength and power to turn the other cheek. I'll show you my, my strength through my self-sacrifice, self-denial, my love, my service uh, to others. I'm going to put others before myself. Thought two, meekness is gentle. It's interesting that gentle could be so powerful and authoritative and strong. The meeker those whose strength is in their gentleness. The Jews, again, of this time, Jesus was reshaping their minds on this hilltop where he's giving this, this sermon, and he begins reshaping their mind um, to not be about conquest and conquering. He's saying, no, let's, let's be meek, let's serve others. And he's about to demonstrate that with his life as you walk through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You could see how he lived and meekness is everywhere, everywhere in his example. He taught them and then he showed them. And that's what we get to do when we read through the scripture. We get to see this meekness. One of his teachings in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. 
You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Man, if you read that in the King James Version, it says, I am meek and lowly in heart. Not just I am humble and gentle, meek. Does your life resemble one who is humble, gentle at heart? Not, not just in practice, but when push comes to shove or when the pressure comes or when things are not going as planned like right now in culture. I think our true heart comes out every once in a while, doesn't it? Stress, worry, fear brings everything to the surface and either our best self or our worst self rises up. Can it be observed of you that you are humble, that you are gentle at heart, that you are meek, that you are lowly in heart? One of my favorite passages I've mentioned many times if you've been around open life very long is Proverbs 15.1. And it reads in the New Living Translation like this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but a harsh words, but harsh words make tempers flare. My kids are familiar with this very passage because of how I approach conflict in the home. When volumes are rising, I often say the quote, and my kids probably are right now sitting on the couch saying this out loud, volume is a sign of weakness. I just think sometimes the only way to bring an escalating room under control is to be the one willing to enter gently to diffuse the anger. And the loudest way to do this, to diffuse anger, is gentleness. Isn't that weird? That like, by coming in quietly and gently, it actually is so powerful in an escalating scenario. Turning the other cheek is the ultimate deflection of anger. I mean, literally, a deflection of anger. Ephesians 4.26 says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. And the moment you're slapped on your right cheek, as it says in that passage, you, uh, you're angry. I don't care if you're Jesus or if you're Christ-like for dozens and dozens of years, somebody slaps you you're angry. And the whole time you're getting ready to turn the other cheek and you're going through, the meek will inherit the earth. They'll have peace. They'll have prosperity. You're running through these things in your head. If it's not in your heart, if that voice, if meekness, that gentle strength and voice within you doesn't rise up and give you control to turn the other cheek, you're going to smack the person back, right? Meekness has to come from here because the moment you feel this sting, you're angry, but your heart calls out because you've spent time with Jesus and you've become more like Jesus. And it allows you to take that breath and experience that peace and get that other cheek ready, which then diffuses the anger. It's interesting. Do your words deflect anger? or make tempers flare. 
the work that needs to be done is, is within our heart. And that's why we put these challenges out, like practicing the three, connecting with God and each other, serving God and each other, sharing with God and each other. We connect with God and each other through the gospels and follow Jesus' life and see meekness. And it's, we see how he's responding and reacting to the situations around him. And it gives us the strength to be meek as well. This is so powerful that uh, it was taught in Titus. Uh, really just a, a, an incredible uh, teaching on addressing the, the surrounding behaviors of meekness. And listen to this in, in Titus 3, 1, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humil humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures, and our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But, verse 4, right? But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth, new life through the Holy Spirit. And he generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of this grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Our inheritance is not only the land as we learn gentleness and as we become meek and our character exemplifies meekness, but we inherit eternal life through Jesus, the source of meekness. Meekness is an overflow, right? We inherit this e eternal life through the one who exemplified meekness. And it's for everybody's sake around us. It's beyond tempting to violate the challenge that is given here. I mean, we so want to vent, and we're given so many platforms to vent in the world we live in, in the age of social media and the polarized climate of our world. Uh, we must demonstrate pure humility and meekness to everyone, and it stands out in the world today when we do. When we're not the ones flaring the tempers, right? This means we're not the ones stirring the pot and flaring the tempers. We are meant to be the ones serving the angered. This means we're not living a life that is entitled, demanding its own way. We lay down our entitlements in order to serve all. It would not be hard for me to open up my Facebook feed, my timeline, and right now, and show some examples of what meekness isn't, right? Um, we've all stumbled in this area, and we know when we miss this one because we live in a culture with a pack mentality, and if we throw something out there that's not gentle, the pack's temper flares, we could see ourselves igniting a fire 
that's, that's not meek. And we can check ourselves when we're getting ready to hit submit. And before we do it, where's meekness, right? Anger's not the only issue here. The other issue here is entitlement. What is that? It's like the feeling that you deserve a certain way and you're going to demand your in what you're entitled to. I remember a significant celebration in a church I pastored at where we were celebrating 50th anniversary or something like that and we're getting ready for it and the service is going and I remember going into the kitchen to prepare the reception that was going to follow and I walk into the kitchen and a person I've never seen in my life and I'd been there for many years where they had opened the refrigerator pulled out the cake and started serving themselves cake. And I'm just kind of, I didn't know what to say, honestly. Um, and I just froze a little, stared a little probably, and came into this moment where I'm like, can I, can I help you? You know, uh, who knows what it came out like. But obviously they felt judged and gave me their response. They said, I helped build this church. I haven't been here for many years, but this church wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. I can eat the cake if I want to. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's not meek. That's entitlement. That's not what Jesus was teaching, right? Now, thank God we're promised his mercy. We're promised that through Jesus, we are extended kindness and love. That's why we have to put our faith in him because we stumble like that. Maybe not to that extreme as the cake eater, but we stumble through learning meekness. I think this is the greatest challenging character trait, especially in a world that's really entitled right now. In a world that feels like it's angry, and that we're being slapped <laughs> one week after another, one you know, report after another, one freedom after another. And we're just like, how many cheeks can I turn, right? It's easy to let the tempers flare. We feel like we're being forced to go a mile. But then we're challenged to go another mile. We just read the story the other day. Paul was imprisoned. But he was a, 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 a soldier. He was a, a Roman. He deserved to be freed from that prison. You can't imprison him without cause. But he worshiped and let God set him free. I don't know. Our action point this week is choose meekness. Choose meekness. Where is your life demonstrating that this character needs to be developed in you? When life tempts you to go down the road opposite of meekness, choose meekness by the power of Jesus within you, not in your own behavioral adjustments, but by the power within your heart, a strength within your heart that you can only have if you make a decision to follow Jesus. And you make a practice of spending time adjusting your life to be more like his, changing to his strengths, to his patterns. To get this one, we choose to open our heart to adjustment, to transformation. You have the ability to live meekly through faith in Jesus. And then by daily 
spending time connecting with God and letting him reshape you. And I want to pray that over your life today. God, I thank you for the opportunity you give us to look into your word in a very tough challenge and glean insights as to how we can practice it today. We know that you've not called us to be weak. You've given us a special ability to display power and authority and strength through our gentleness and through our posture with others in our mindset, but may it be from the heart outflowing. I just pray right now that we would have the discipline to choose meekness, but first and foremost, if there are some tuned in today that need to choose to follow Jesus, would, would, would you pray this prayer with me if that's you? God, come into my heart. I choose to follow you as my Lord and Savior. I want access to this freedom and power to, to live a life that is surrendered to someone more powerful than me. I give my life to you. And I pray for the strength to choose meekness. And for those of us that have been following you for years, help us to recognize where we need to work on this. Help us to be the example to the world around us, not of those that feel entitled and demand our way, but those that would be strongly gentle to the world around us, loving people in this great season of need. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Blessed are you.